everybody and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 102 and this is our Texas Tech versus Houston game and Tailgate recap episode 147. Uh, this episode we're going to be breaking down the craziness that ensued on Saturday uh, in what was a thrilling win for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. But uh, before we get into all of that, make sure you are following us. Follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us that five-star rating on both. And if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with a review. We got another review last week, so we've, we've right. been getting a couple reviews lately. That's been nice. We appreciate, yeah, we appreciate the kind words from uh, everybody reviewing us. The Like we always say, they're greatly appreciated. They really help us out. Uh, if you want to follow us on social medias, please do so. You can follow our Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram and on Facebook. You can also follow our YouTube channel. That's where we're posting our highlights of our uh, trips out to these Texas Tech tailgates every week. Also, some clips from the show we'll post there from time to time as well. Uh, so make sure you're following that. Uh, if you have anything to add to the tailgate, comments, questions, or anything else, Email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. And last little bit, our Tailgate Crashers initiative so far has been quite the success. We've been enjoying getting out and meeting a bunch of Red Raiders. We met the Matador Mafia and some other really great tailgates this past weekend. But we're always looking for more. So if you want to get involved, there's still several games and several opportunities to do so. So we're always looking for different places to go. So if you know of one, always email us at that tailgate talks pod at gmail.com dm us on on any of our social medias or if you know us personally just shoot us a text uh where you are willing to come out uh, any game so we are excited for all of that we've been enjoying getting to know the red raider fan base in uh through these tailgates so enjoying that if you want to get involved please message us and we will get you involved so with all of that said let's get into our houston game recap we're gonna start this thing off right all right dustin well we were there saturday it was hot uh we were sweating our asses off we were putting on loads of sunscreen to not get sunburned uh and texas tech uh defeats houston in double overtime, 33 to 30 to knock off the 25th ranked uh, Houston Cougars. It was wild. It was a roller coaster of a game. So let's kick it over to you. Uh, let's give the listeners our recap, starting with you in the first half, Dustin. Yeah, I'm glad I get the first half, all the good stuff. This was the good half. Yeah. You know, we really sweat in the second half Ooh. because of the play on the field. <laughs> first yeah, half. Y'all gonna have to bear with me as we dive through the second half. A lot, a lot of shit. I'm happened. glad I got the first half synopsis. But we started off that game with a really nice nine-play drive for a field goal to go up three to zip. Then we traded a couple punts. Then got our first turnover of the season. Take one away there. Uh, Sean Merriweather with the hit on former Red Raider TZ Henry. And so that was kind of nice, moved that to midfield. But, again, traded a few punts back and forth. Defense was playing great this whole first half, really the whole game. Uh-huh. Uh, Houston tied it up. And then we, we busted out a couple touchdowns, honestly, in the last minute. Two touchdowns right, here. Yeah. The Nia Maya Martinez drive. 
he caught an 11 yard pass and then Cleveland with for 11 and then Nehemiah pinball off like three dudes to yeah. spin in for a 43 yard touchdown. So that was the Donovan to Nehemiah 806 drive for a couple yes, points there. And then we were, where am I at? Lucky enough there to uh, get a huge stop on fourth down with a minute under a minute left. Um, just over midfield on our side, the huge fourth down stop there and turn that into a touchdown right after that by miles price. He kind of went scooting and made two guys tackle each other from Houston's team. And then he was just gone up the sidelines. It was nice to see that, that burst from miles price, making some dudes look ridiculous and finally get, get a breakout play from him. We've been waiting for, you know, a game and a half to see it. And so, that's how he ends up le- being our leading receiver for the game with that one big play, making some dudes look ridiculous. So we went into halftime feeling great at 17-3. to three. And I don't know the last time we've held a team to three points in a, f- a first half, like yeah. maybe ever since 2000. I don't know, like yeah. probably not that far off. But we were feeling great with how well the defense played, um, especially first half and the entire game. And then a couple burst plays from the offense, a couple drives and burst plays. And, like, we would get some chunks, but not enough, and then we would need to punt. And then it's like defense showed up again. And then it's like, all right, we've got all this few chunks again, and then, ah, I needed to punt. And really that was just because, oh, freaking what's his name? I can't remember. His dude that had four sacks for Houston. I already tried yeah, to um, block yeah, his name out. Parrish. Yeah, Derek Parrish. He was just – wrecking us and we'll talk to andy about that later but that dude already gives me the, the chills every yeah. time i see his name come across my stat sheet and <laughs> yeah we just wrecking I the read. whole game playing like all the time and so great first half from us good stuff there no turnovers by us got one turnover from them so that was all good going into halftime at 17 to 3 and then yeah uh, <laughs> and then and then that's where the game gets crazy. Yeah, that first half we were feeling really comfortable. That Miles Price play was really funny because we all thought that he was just trying to, you know, get up field, get out of bounds because time was Yeah, he just turned to the sideline know. and get out of bounds. And then those two guys tackle each other and all of a sudden he has this whole clear lane and Ooh, ends up dear. running it to the house. But yeah, you're feeling pretty good heading into the second half. But Houston starts off with a huge oh. play to start uh, the half. They had a nice little kick return. Uh, and then bombed it out to their best receiver, Tank Dell, for their biggest play on offense of the whole entire game. Uh, puts him into scoring position. If you rewatch the play, he has a little nice push off that helps him get a little separation there. And they, on the TV, on the highlights, they kept like showing it over and over and over again. Uh, he definitely probably should have been flagged on that because it gave him like the two, three yards of separation he needed to make that catch because uh, Rabbit was right there on him. Um, and so that, I thought the refs did a good job that game. Uh, there might've been one or two sure. things and this was probably one of them, but they end up scoring, uh, after that, making it 17 to 10, uh, after that, it's, it's just kind of back and forth with not a whole lot happening. Uh, one drive we did have Weston Wright get injured and he ended up getting carted off the field. Uh, ankle Joey injury. McGuire, I think updated saying it's an ankle injury. Um, they do expect him to be back sometime, but you know he is a bigger dude, and you want to that ankle <laughs> to rest plus and properly. Ankles. Yeah, yeah, so those hurt a little so, more. Yeah, so don't be shocked if he's not out there on uh, Saturday against NC State. Um, but then 
later where, you know, kind of like in the first half, our offense was always moving the ball constantly, yeah, yeah. just would end up in punts or on this particular time. Uh, Smith short arms a throw to Mason Tharp that everybody thought was going to be a touchdown, but ends up getting picked. Uh, ball goes back to Houston. Uh, they start driving, and then we have a big play from Kosai Eldridge that forces a sack on third down and knocked Houston uh, pretty deep. And they end up having to kick a deep field goal, which they miss. So score stays the same, 17 to 10. Still feeling pretty good about it. Offense gets the ball back, does another thing where they put together a decent drive. We have a fourth down attempt, but uh, Donovan Smith just trips. The turf monster got hold oh. of him. So you're not able to score there. He had there. a lane, too. He had enough yeah, to he get, had a lane. Oh, get to the we first watching. down and just like hit and roll over and get it for sure, and he knew it. Yeah, he was pissed about it afterwards, but, you know, have no fear. Your defense was protecting you the whole game. Reggie Pearson follows that with a pick. Uh, our first interception of the season where Clayton Toon just, you know, overthrew his receiver like he did multiple times uh, right into the hands of Reggie Pearson. Uh, but unfortunately, after that, as you head into the fourth quarter, Donovan Smith um, repays that with a pick of his own. But this time, Houston takes it to the house. Unfortunately, yeah, that, one sucked. Uh, that one was uh, definitely a killer as it tied the game. And you're feeling really good about your defense. Houston couldn't move the ball. Clayton Toon was terrible pretty much the whole game. Uh, you felt really good about yourself. But right then, all of a sudden, game's tied. Uh, and so now we're all kind of getting a little bit nervous. You have some other good drives. Again, you have another good drive yeah. following that where you get down into, uh, you know, field goal range. You have a crazy play drive. Yeah. You have a crazy play where you hit where on a third and long Donovan tosses one up to Jaron Bradley and it just bounces right off Jaron Bradley's fingertips. Now he did have to come back to try to make the catch. Uh, but that was definitely one you wish you would have had. It was a crazy play. It would have been a touchdown instead. Bounces off of him. Now you have to kick a field goal. And this is one of those field goal attempts that you missed uh, here in the second half. You have two field goal attempts that you missed. This was one of them. And all of a sudden getting late in the game. Now they have the ball. Uh, defense steps up once again. Forces the Houston punt. But... Another special teams problem is you get a block on the back on the punt return, and that puts you way back, uh, like at the 10 yard line to start this drive. Uh, our guy, Derek Parrish, who we are going to have nightmares of for a while, gets a sack to start that drive. Uh, you're immediately disadvantaged. You're back kind of in your own end zone, snapping the ball. And then the play I had the biggest problem with uh, uh, all game was third and long with just. A minute ago, you decide to try to heave one out to midfield. It gets picked. Now Houston has the ball, and they're already in field goal range with a minute to go. Yeah. And that's this is when it felt like we lost. It was that like, was the oh my problem gosh. was the position on the field of yeah. doing that and giving them the, the ball in plus territory because he returned it for like 10 yards. So like they're already at the 40 or something. Yeah, I didn't understand that play call. Most of us were calling just run it and punt it. Like, you know they're going to call a timeout, get the ball back, but you've you've trusted your defense all game. They've stepped up time and time again. Uh, and then, you know, now you just basically felt like you handed them the game with that call. Donovan throws it into double coverage, gets picked, good return. All they have to do is run three plays. They kick a field goal to go up 2017, 30 seconds, 37 seconds left. Yep. You get the ball. And the drive goes like this. 
You start off with a Donovan Smith nice little run where did you see this at the end of the run? He runs out of bounds and there's a UH like grad assistant Trainer or player or something. or something like that that checks Donovan on the sideline. I didn't see um, it, but I've heard about it a lot today. Yeah, he's he's like not in the way and he makes like two steps to get in the way and like leans into the hit of Donovan Smith. He should have been ejected, but yet he was still on the bench running around, hyping players up after that. Uh, so a lot of people, I think, went to Twitter to figure out who this guy is and, you know, trying to give him hell, as they should, because uh, fuck that guy for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that, you're able to get another first down on a pass to Loic Fungi, and then you hit Jaron Bradley for another first down. And then after that, you just try to get as straight ahead as you can on the field goal kick and pray. At this time, Dustin, we were not feeling good about our field goal kicks. What was nope. your what was going through your head right before we kicked that game tying field goal? Well, I actually like and thank Dana Holgerson for icing Jerry Wolf on that. Yeah. Because he missed the first one, I guess wide, but he had the distance for sure. So at least that part made me feel good. Cause on I don't remember if it was him or the other guy that missed a we missed a 45 and a 46 already. Yeah. This is the 46 again. And one of the previous ones was short. And so at least just get it there and give it a chance. And so yeah, one was just the one that Trey so Wolfsmith early, he just completely botched it, went yep. full to the right. Like not, wasn't even close. Yeah. One was right. Uh, one Gino, was hard, short. And so I didn't have a lot of faith. I was just kind of praying that just get it there and get it in. And yeah, I was did. I was nervous as hell. I, I, I didn't even want to watch, but forty seven was this one. Yeah. Luckily, Trey Wolf nails the forty seven yard field goal to send us into the first overtime of the Joey McGuire era. The first smokes. overtime I felt like we've been in in a while, and so uh, at this point we're all nervous. And so yeah. now I'll take it to Dustin, who has uh, the recap of our first overtime. Now we go from like super low to like, holy crap, we just came back and yeah. tied it with 30 seconds left. Like, all right, let's go to – we we were lucky to be in overtime and like we shouldn't have even been there. Like I went from we should have won by 20 to we shouldn't have even won this game in the last minute. So yeah, now fourth like, quarter was the wide range of emotions. Very, you, very rollercoastery. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Houston starts with the ball and we're looking great because – we get them down to a second and 21 at one point and cause they had a penalty up there somewhere. So second 21, we're like, all right, this is great. They're kind of out of field position, field goal position. And of course big pass to their boy, Dale tank Dale and third and two. And then ended up getting a touchdown next couple plays. So we were under the gun again, pressure wise. And man, this went, this I think felt harder than, yeah, the comeback in the end of the fourth because we get started. Guess who we four yard loss, and then an incomplete pass. We're at third and fourteen. Like holy crap! And then guess good. who? Derek Parrish comes wrecking the party again. Like God, I hate that guy. So we're at fourth and twenty. Game on the line here. Somehow Donovan gets out of there. Has the whole right side of the field to work with, and somebody, uh, Jaron Bradley, coming across the field. He gets about a good 12-yard pass and then has enough room to get about 10 more because he only got like 21 or 22 yards there when he did 20. Two yards, yeah. <laughs> Fourth and 20. Was, Unbelievable. 
it was just enough, but we never like once we saw it happen, we're like, oh, he's got that. Like yeah. it was never in doubt yeah, that he was gonna doubt, get it. Yeah. But it was another time where like shit, we we lost this game's over because Oh yeah, fourth and twenty at your own thirty-five, you're not feeling great. And then a couple nope. of Brooks's runs, got it in. We're back. We're tied, twenty sevens, going to the second overtime. So Brooks, tell us how the second one went. Yeah, so the second one ends up you know, going to the other side of the field, Houston starts off, they have, you know, they're able to get a first down. Yep. Uh, they're able to get it down inside the goal line to where, you know, they have to get in to score. You're able to force a third down play where they try to force a pass. And I went back and rewatched this and he had Tank Dell wide open, but just kind of mm-hmm. the day that Clayton Toon had where he just was not comfortable Terrible. in the pocket making really <laughs> bad decisions. He forces it to... Uh, the other guy and Malik Dunlap is right there, breaks up the pass, ball kind of goes into the air. Looks like he might have a chance oh, to pick yeah. it, but uh, you know, ultimately the ball falls to the ground. He forced the field goal kick, uh, and Dana Holgerson, you know, takes the three points, hopes to rely on a defense that's caused havoc on Donovan Smith all yeah. day. Uh, you get the ball, you're able to get a first down on a little pass to Sir Roderick Thompson. Uh, then the setup play, you get to Miles Price, who's able to get inside the 10-yard line. You're on the 9-yard line, and Donovan Smith drops back to pass. Breaks open right in front of him. The floodgates opened, and Donovan Smith runs it in to win the game for you, 33-30. Uh, and it was a madhouse in the stadium after that as yeah, fans man. stormed the field. We were Good all excited. Them. A big win uh, to you know really get this Joey McGuire era started. Like we said, there was times you felt like you had won the game. There's times that you felt like you had lost big the game job. multiple times, but somehow you're able to fight, hang on, make the plays that you needed to, and win the game. Uh, so, Dustin, just your thoughts after Ooh. that Donovan Smith touchdown. Holy crap. And, like, watching the replay a million times, like, it was good uh... – defensive line play by Houston like the whole game like they got pressure on him no one really broke out he just found a little lane up the middle and if you watch one of our receivers is cutting across the field the other direction and the linebacker goes with him and that's where he should have been is right where Donovan walked yeah. in yeah and so it's like oh if that wouldn't have been there and he or he would have just stayed in contain where he's supposed to be like Donovan has to fight for something but it opened wide up and he just walks right in and Good for the students for rushing the field. I don't care what your rules are for that. But with how that game went, and this is your first top 25 victory in three-plus years. So, like, that's a big deal. Getting beaten somebody since Oklahoma State in 2019, like, that big. And so, like, yeah, it's a big game. It's a big emotional game. Like, that's what the that's what the point is. Of yeah. rushing the field. Like, these students haven't gotten to feel that, and these players haven't gotten to feel that. Like, that was really cool to fight back and win how you did at that in that moment yeah so good for sometimes good the for moment and also having kind of a struggle type second half yeah there and then bouncing back and be an even kill down the down the stretch and then an overtime yeah joey mcguire kind of defined it as the game that you know defines the brand that they've been yeah. trying to preach you know this just never quit always keep playing hard and it paid off like um but yeah sometimes the moment calls for a field rushing or here's here's something i've told some people today and i want to ask you this in the last 10 years so basically since we've had uh 
you know, our last three head coaches, how many, if this kind of game, how many times do you think we win that in 10 years? Um, Maybe once or twice. Yeah. If you had not if, like 10 times to play this game over, we probably win one out of those 10 just because those like, other we coaches. Been, yeah. Yeah. We just haven't been clutch in the end. No. We make, like we, make we lose that game plays. almost every yeah. time in the, in the past. We don't have years. the defense that's able to hold them to a field goal there or something like that. Either, that's why so. like, it's a huge deal for like Joey McGuire and Kitley and Deruder to get this kind of, and that team was played yeah. to get this kind of up and down win. Yeah, huge win, huge plays uh, made there down the stretch. You know, the ability to hold them to that field goal and then to go down and end that game right there and not give them another chance. I uh, just really uh, was really fun. It was fun to get a win like that. It was stressful as hell. Stressful. I probably had, you know, several heart attacks. Dustin's watch was telling him, what the hell are you doing? Um, yeah, my watch, <laughs> my little heart rate watch went off at the end of the game and it was like, what have you been doing? You've been working out for the last hour. My heart rate was above 175 a couple times in that overtime <laughs> fourth quarter. That's pretty high. If you didn't know guys, <laughs> that's textbook so, for you. <laughs> so any areas of concern? We, we knew we weren't going to learn a whole lot after game one against Murray state. That's a team that you just dominated and you were had your way with. So you weren't really going to sure. know what things were going to struggle at, but after this game, there's some things that kind of reared its head. Our offensive yeah. line, they gave up five sacks, four maybe. to that one guy, Derek Paris. So maybe it's just that that guy is almost unguardable. Maybe. Uh, so that was an area of concern. And then our special team struggled. So uh, what are you kind of taking from this game uh, in, in those areas? Yeah, so quickly on the special teams, like I mentioned, like those kicks were 45 and 46 that we missed. So it's not like those are easy gimmies. Like inside right. 40 should be in like mid 40s and deeper than that. Like you're. I mean, you're, you're risking it anyways, so I'm not going to stress it there. Trey Wolf hit the 47 to tie it up, so came in clutch when we needed it. Um, does that concern you a little bit? But, like I said, they were deep. Um, I, was I kinda, think for me – Yeah. I think for me on the special teams thing, like, yeah, the kicks w were frustrating. It was some of the penalties that we had on the return game that were kind the of driving The return games that I was going to say, too. Okay, sorry, I, allowed... I, I didn't mean to steal that from you. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought I was about to go next. Um, yeah. Pulling up my team stat, player stats. They, yeah, we had some penalties on returns, but they also had a 27-yard return and a 35-yard yeah. punt return. Like, those are big numbers to give up. Like, that's a lot of field position to go with your couple penalties when you were returning. So, like, that was yeah. stressing me out, too. That's the problem – I had with the special teams more than the missed field goals because like two times you had really solid returns and you had to go back to like the 10 yard line because you had silly yeah. block in the back penalties. So, you know, those are put you in hard spots. That's the reason yeah. that you were back in your end zone when you threw that, you know, dumbass pick. But uh, so some of that stuff was, was rearing its head and then you don't like to see that because we haven't really been a, penalty team so far this season like on offense and defense they've done really a good, good job they've been doing a good job but for some reason on our special teams that seems to be an issue here early so hopefully yeah, like we this can game get really that. had six for 44 which is really good yeah. while houston had 11 for 121 yeah Oof. they were they reminded me of like old, old texas tech yeah <laughs> like some of the penalties that they had they had some like uh, they had one play where it was after the play was over. They just cheap shot at us, got a penalty yeah. there, some you know bad holdings. 
so that was definitely reminded me of old tech uh, offensive line. What were your thoughts on them and, and the kind of struggles that they had keeping, you know, do you think it was more our line or do you think it was more just the testament of what Houston has up front? I would like to say it's some of Houston, but then you look ahead and like the D lines we're going to play aren't going to get any easier. So that's yeah. our default back to, like, I guess it's kind of on us. And, you know, we the have only a thing I did see, I did see on like PFF that Houston, like week one, they rated as the best pass rushing team. Yeah. So maybe they are just a really good pass rushing yeah. team. I don't you know, know, Derek Parrish is amazing. He's going to be an all conference yeah, really dude good. for them. Um, so he was giving us fits, but also losing West and right, you know, second quarter or so with that ankle sprain. Like he's not first or second team kind of all conference dude, but he's really solid for us and an experienced guy, especially with how many moving parts that we've had in that offensive line. That consistency yeah. is nice to have and kind of hurt us this week, I think, with having a really experienced, good D line and our guys kind of struggled a little bit. Um, so that's also why you see kind of blew my mind looking at the stats that Donovan technically has 20 rushing attempts because of that. <laughs> and yeah. part of that scrambling, you know, yeah, that's just trying but then to also stay. like we ran him a lot, like on purpose. Yeah. So like, that's for me, that's a little, that, a little much to have on his plate <laughs> running. Yeah. Lines. That, and then some short, you know, some like third and one little yeah. quarterback dives that he was able to get some yards off of, but yeah, so we've gone through the recap of the game. We've talked about some things that we saw, um, how we reacted to the game and everything. But now we're going to go turn it over to our friend Andy from Pod Slam and Jamma. Yeah, we're going to talk to Houston and get the flip side of this, the despair and agony of defeat. Talk to him a little bit about what he was feeling, some of these moments of the games, and ultimately what the Houston side uh, of this game is thinking after the fact. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy this quick little interview with Andy Yanis from Pod Slamma Jamma. Well, after a crazy game like that, we had to reach back out to our friends from Houston, Pod Slamma Jamma, and Andy has been kind enough to join us tonight to kind of discuss the turn of events that happened on Saturday. And so we're just going to go through parts of the game with him. Uh, first off, Andy, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Oh, we're great man, after we're doing, Saturday night. Yeah, doing good. <laughs> we're kind of riding that high. Uh, it was a really fun night. But, yeah, let's kind of get your thoughts on your side of things. So just kind of wanted to start first half, not go through it, dissect it. But, you know, obviously it was the first half where Texas Tech kind of was in control. We're leading 17-3 to at the end of it. We have a couple of big play touchdowns to kind of give us that separation. Uh, how are you feeling at the end of the first half and as we headed into the second half? Where was your head at in this game? Oh, man, at the end of the first half, what obviously all the attention had to turn to the struggles uh, for the Houston Cougars on offense and and. I mentioned the offense. The, I'll start with them just because they couldn't muster up more than just yeah. three points at halftime. Yeah. And they, they were really struggling to, to move the ball, to get any drives going. There was oftentimes, they, I think they had eight or seven drives in that first half. Three of them were punts. One of them was a fumble loss. Yeah. Another, uh, I can't remember if it was a turnover and downs or, or something. And yeah, then the, like- the last one. The last one, the time expired on the half. So they, yeah. they really struggled to get anything going. And I think on the field goal, it might have even been set up by the defense, um, if uh, I'm not mistaken. I think mistaken. that was a punt, 
punt return by Tank. Yeah, Bell. by Tank. Yeah, by nice Tank. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Correct, correct. He returned it to about the 19-yard line, and yeah. and they 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 couldn't punch it into the end zone, which it's something that Dana Hogerson mentioned um, today during his his I guess his recap of Texas Tech looking ahead at, at Kansas. And he said that their inability to score in the red zone is something that they really cost Houston. But then I guess focusing on a defensive perspective, um, I, I guess I'll get into it if, if you want to discuss the second half, but that, that was my overall takeaways from the first half. Yeah. And let me tell you the fans, the Houston fans were not happy at halftime yeah. and it, it really kind of brought a lot of the concerns that there were being said about the program at the beginning of last season before they went on that 11 game winning streak. And really, um, I guess the biggest thing that fans were pointing out was that Houston just flat out didn't look prepared um, to start the game. Yeah. Yeah. So first half 17, three, we're feeling great. Houston Cougars, not so much. It's kind of similar to last year's game, just flip flopped where exactly first half, and then now it's it's totally flip flopped. And then Houston comes out second half, they get a great pass rush on Donovan Smith, they're giving him fits all night, and take us through that second half, and especially the fourth quarters up and downs, and making the comeback, and finally taking a lead at the end with a minute left. No, yeah, absolutely. And, and what I was gonna say, so focusing on a defensive perspective for Houston. They played about as good of a game you could yeah. for three quarters and like 0.8% yeah. Yeah. of the game um, where they had the two big chunk plays where Texas Tech scored. Uh, I, th- I think it was a 43-yard and the 54-yard touchdowns yeah. where, again, they just had these random lapses where um, once uh, opposing teams can get into – Houston secondary, which it seems like they forget how to tackle you did at times. Tackle each other on this. Oh push. yeah, yeah, that was a uh, Hassan Hippolyte <laughs> and and um, mm-hmm. I believe it was Javarius. No, it wasn't Owens. It was Jace Rogers. Jace Rogers. Yeah. Those were two, the two players that that collided, yeah. Hassan Hippolyte and Jace Rogers. Yeah. Um, and when that obviously and it resulted in a touchdown for you yeah. guys, that that kind of seemed to be insult. We all to thought injury. he was going to try to go out of bounds. <laughs> oh. That would have been then, something. Yeah. And then <laughs> but, all of a sudden he has a wide open path. Honestly, looking at, at the two players that collided with each other, that that was kind of a summary of that first half for Houston yeah. and how that went. Yeah. Um, it just seems like they couldn't get out of their own way um, in more ways than one. But then outside of, of those two plays where they were the long touchdowns, the defense played about as phenomenal as they could be. And, oh, my God, Derek Parrish absolutely oh, dominated you guys. Oh, don't want to uh, hear that name for a while. And, <laughs> well, ugh, you're lucky he's a senior. You're not going to see him once once Houston gets into the Big 12. Um, and he was playing with a cast on his right hand. So he was basically yeah. playing one-handed, um, four-and-a-half sacks, six-and-a-half tackles for loss. I think he had 11 total tackles, um, which is just absurd. So no no surprise he was named the, the American Athletic Conference player, of the defensive player of the week. Um, and I think he broke the American Athletic Conference record for sacks and tackle for losses in a game. And it, it kind of interesting because after post game they, they asked Dana Horson about him. And I think he obviously he was ticked off about the loss, but they asked him about Parrish specifically. And he, he mentioned his performance. He said, not good enough <laughs> uh, post post game. But I think, I think he meant overall of the defense, you know, Right. perspective and then he, he did he was asked about Parrish again um on Monday and he he said that that's one of the most dominant 
performance that he has ever seen from from any player and he went on to mention a whole bunch of lists of players that that he's been able to coach in the past and and that ranks as number one for Hogerson so absolutely Parrish was a monster and he was a he was a one-man wrecking crew and something else that Hogerson said is that on that last play it's a jump into overtime where Donovan Smith was able to run it in for the for the touchdown Parrish was actually mad because he said he slipped and he felt that he could have made a play on on Smith on that play, and because he slipped, he felt that that he he had kind of uh, let that play go. And then obviously, of course, Texas Tech won. Um, I guess we'll get into the overtime period since that's that was the final play of the game. But obviously, of course, uh, Houston they got the touchdown. They they were up and they got you guys until fourth and twenty in that in that overtime period and again Holgerson said that that was a botch coverage that it was a breakdown in coverage because the safeties were playing too deep um I guess they were kind of they, they were playing to try to avoid you know the Hail Mary into the end zone but the problem was they left the sticks yeah. wide open so Donovan yeah. Smith uh passed it down and they were able to get a fourth and 20 they get just got the gain of 21 and then obviously of course I think the other a theme for Houston throughout the night was penalties. Too many dumb penalties, especially yeah. early on yeah. where, uh, yeah, for the second straight week, uh, Tank Dell had a punt return called off because of a penalty. And, and this one, there's no, no, you know, bad call. That's something they mentioned after the right. UTSA game that the, the rest were like, oh, that probably wasn't a, a block in the back or holding. Um, no, this one absolutely was a, yeah. a terrible call. Roughing, roughing the kicker um, on that punt. They had nothing to do with, with Tank's uh, return. And then even then, a couple of times, that was one drive where, where they gave Texas Tech like two extra first downs uh, after getting them on fourth mm-hmm. down for for dumb mistakes. Um, and that's something that Dana Hoverson said that at the end of the day and in, in post game, he said they just did too much stupid crap for them to be able to win the game. Those were along the line something about those comments where. Um, quite frankly, said that Houston didn't deserve to win just because they they made way too many mistakes, um, and and I guess you could if you're looking at the silver lining from the Houston perspective, they they were in position to win the game. Obviously, they weren't able to hang on, but God, they just couldn't get out of their own way at the end of the day, and and too many mistakes that they couldn't overcome. Yeah, I know. For us, when we had that fourth and twenty, we were ready to pack up and leave like i kind of we sit thought right that there was the where the first play. down was so yeah. like we oh, saw wow. it coming he's like wide open he easily had 10 more yards to run so that was an easy get of a first down wow so what was going through your head kind of at i know we kind of skipped around to the overtimes and stuff but what was going through your head there at the end of fourth the fourth quarter because you know it it had been kind of a defensive showing out like both teams y'all get the pick six to tie y'all's offense can't move the yeah. ball uh, we get the ball back, and the worst call of the day for us is we decide to try to heave a pass down on, like, third and 15 from our own end zone. It gets picked, and y'all are already in field goal range with, like, a minute to go. Y'all don't really waste any time, get the field goal, yeah. and we get it the 37 seconds left and go down to tie. So what's kind of going through your head during uh, all of that going on right there in the last couple of minutes? Yeah, uh, I think once again it kind of goes to the early theme for Houston um, in these two games, and that's inconsistency and the the inability to close. 
uh, really, because it was literally the exact same. Right. You know, if, if the defense was able to hang on, it would have literally been the exact opposite script of the, the of last season's game with you guys, because the right. defense would have shut you guys out the entire second half, um, and Houston would have would have been able to yeah. win, which would have been it would have been pretty interesting. If that's how the game would have played out. But instead, um, like you said, thirty seven seconds. I think you guys did. You guys have one timeout or, or two timeouts i think uh, we, have, we used two timeouts to on you guys y'all ran the ball twice on that field goal uh kick possession mm-hmm. and y'all threw the ball and had an incomplete pass so we had one timeout left in the bag yeah and um you guys obviously of course were able to drive down the field but i, I think that just that that's probably the the main thing right there that inconsistency across the board and and and, and it's Honestly, it's kind of a shame because of how dominant the defense was, especially up front, especially, again, I'm going to say the name again, especially with Parrish. And, yeah. and like you said, being able to make those that. plays, like Houston was able to get three interceptions off of, of Donovan Smith, like you mentioned, uh, the pick six that, that tied the game. That was huge. And it would have been it would have been very, very good for Houston, obviously, of course, had they won, come back home opener against Kansas 2 and 0 versus 2 and 0. There would have been a lot more buzz around the program and instead right. they lost uh, and really it came it, it, it kind of obviously with from fan bases they're going to be overreaction overreaction right. the moment the game ends but it, it I feel like it sucked the air out of the fan base a little bit um with just the momentum that they had had um, had they been able to be 2 and 0 especially two games where to be quite frank the offense hasn't really been good and and for probably I was going to say they've played eight quarters plus the five overtime periods. The offense probably hasn't been good for eight quarters, and they've they've really showed out probably for for five of those overtime periods when it seems like the offense kind of um, can make stuff going. But um, it would have been been something to build on, and instead it's kind of like, well, we're we're unranked. We're... I mean, we might not even be the the top team to be able to get that New Year's Six Bowl anymore um, after what some of the other teams were able to do um, in Notre Dame and, and just across the across the uh, stone's throw at College Station. So yeah, yeah, it just it just really it really sucked the air out of the fan base. But um, to Kansas, hey, I wanted to ask you your thoughts and Coach Holgerson's thoughts on Clayton Toon's game. You know. Just fifty-one percent completion, two hundred and sixty yards, one and one. I thought we thought in the stadium like he was really inconsistent, missed a lot of throws and overthrows. And just want to hear your thoughts and if coach had anything to say about that. Yeah, um, he he didn't talk about Clayton Tune specifically, but he did talk about the offense overall. And again, I think the the key thing that he mentioned, it, it he went back to the offensive line and how inconsistency they have been and when it comes to and really he signaled them out and when it comes to run block um they said that they haven't been able to push anyone um during these first two games which i mean kudos to to brandon campbell who had uh, a pretty good game he had 80 rushing yards yeah um and then well of course to to houston's lucky ended up getting injured in that Right. overtime uh i can't remember if it was in the first it was in the first overtime period because i guess houston and texas tech took turns of trying to to figure out a way to blow the game because houston was in a second and 21 yep. and yep. and that happened on the campbell uh drive uh or rush and that's how he yep. got injured but um 
yeah, it just goes back to overall they've been inconsistent. And kudos to Texas Tech because they really uh, made Clayton Tune a non-factor in the ground game. Um, he yeah. he was recorded of having six rushing attempts, and he he was recorded to have negative two rushing yards, which yeah. I mean a, a night and day difference of what he was able to do against UTSA, um, where he really hurt hurt the Roadrunners in with his legs. That was not the case against Texas Tech, and yeah. and, and that's really where you saw that layer where. Um, there's a lot of change with Houston outside of Tank Dow because Tank, you know, he, he did what he was supposed to. He got um, over 100 yards. Uh, and outside of him, it's just like, who who else is going right, to step up? Because, yeah. um, you know, th- there was a lot of talk enough during training camp about, you know, different players, Matt Golden, Keyshawn Carter, um, a couple of others, um, and really – it's been it's been inconsistent for from just the offense overall so it's going to be something that they have to figure out and um literally the last comment that Hogerson made on Monday before he uh before he finished his wrapped up his availabilities he, he joked he said I guess I just lost sight on how to coach offensive football um mm-hmm. uh, but but then he just circled back and he said you know that's something that you just got to keep working harder to to figure out because you know it, it does seem like they're kind of trying to figure out how to who to, who's to who's the the next one outside of Tank Dow and even from the rushing perspective they they lost Alton McCaskill to to the ACL injury so even in the backfield there they're still right. trying to figure out new things and Tajon Henry he injured his ankle against UTSA and then today he said Hogerson said he injured his other ankle early on yeah. against you guys so um, <laughs> God he he's okay. had a, a brutal start to the season and and now that Brandon Campbell's injured they're, they're really looking thin up front so. You didn't yeah. rule either of them out for Kansas, but that's that's something to keep an eye on for Houston. Yeah, it was interesting to watch Tune. Uh, I, I definitely think we had him really uncomfortable because there was, you know, rewatching the game, there was definitely some plays where he had guys open and just for whatever reason overthrew them. Or um, yeah. especially that last, the last throw he had in the game, he has Tank Dell pretty much wide open over the middle. And he just misreads it, throws it to the outside guy who is covered, and it ends up being, you know, incomplete pass that forces the field goal for you guys. So I was curious, you know, curious what you thought about that. But just kind of your last thoughts on, on the game and what the Houston fan base is is kind of feeling after. Uh, I mean, it was a tough loss. I mean, you you battle back, feel like you have a chance to win it. We feel like we lost the game, and then all of a sudden we're winning the game. So it was a roller coaster of emotions. So just kind of take us through that. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. From from a fan perspective, again, there's just a lot of frustration because uh, there was a lot of heightened kind of importance right. added to this game. Um, obviously, of course, with with Texas Tech and and just the the overall kind of the last few years um, not being able to beat you guys. I think now it's a five game losing streak to to the Red Raiders dating back to 2010, which is just a bit absurd when you think about it, but then overall, this is something that they mentioned in the in the FS1 broadcast. Houston hasn't been able to beat a Big 12 team since 2016, which you know, that's not what you want to hear. Right. <laughs> You're yeah. going to join the Big 12 the on on July 1, 2023. So um, now it's really going to be interesting because this is a Kansas team that that they're hot. They they got an impressive win going up to West Virginia and beating. They put up 56 points on West Virginia. Their offense is legit. Their quarterback is legit. And Dana Hogerson knows that that he called it. It ain't your, your old Kansas team. These guys are are pretty hot and they're going to be looking to, to 
come in here and, and beat Houston for the upset, which that would really destroy the Houston fan base if they lose to Kansas in the home opener. But I think it puts a lot more um, added importance to that Kansas game yeah. because um, what Dana Horson called it, he said th- these two games have been kind of our preview of the Big 12. Um, and, you know, something that, that Dayan and I have mentioned in our podcast um, in the past is like, the, the athletics administration, they're not just satisfied with like getting into the Big 12, like their mindset and something that the UH president, um, Renu Couture, said on Thursday when they announced a, a naming rights extension to TDCU Stadium. Like their goal is to go into the Big 12 and compete to be you know right. among the best in the conference. And, you know, if they can't beat Texas Tech and if certainly if they can't beat Kansas, it's going to be a huge blow to just to all the momentum overall. And to be quite frank, if they were to lose to, to both teams, um honestly it might not matter what they do during conference play people would be like well okay it's the american athletic conference you know what what are you going to do in the big 12 you couldn't beat kansas and texas tech so it it puts a lot more pressure on houston to come out and play not only win but play well against kansas in the home opener right does the does the back-to-back road overtime games have any effect on maybe this next game or practice this week um, I, I don't think it'll affect their practice. I think their schedule will stay the same. Um, but it, it certainly, it certainly has to factor in when it comes to fatigue. I mean, it's something sure. that, that Hogerson mentioned, they, they lead all of college football in, in most periods played because they played five overtime periods, um, mm-hmm. which is just brutal. And, and not to mention it, it was hot. It was hot. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Y'all had yeah, a lot of so... guys going down in that game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to a chorus of booze every time thing. someone will yeah. go down. <laughs> so. And it's not gonna get it's not gonna get prettier at TDCU Stadium because right. um unlike the Texans that are NRG Stadium that has the retractable roof, TDCU Stadium does not. And not this good. turf, it is turf. So uh it's, it's gonna, gonna be a three PM it's gonna be a three PM kickoff, so that it is gonna be hot. So, um, but I mean, it, it'll certainly play a factor, but I think that's just more the reason why there should be an emphasis on, on them trying to you know, get off to a good start early. Um, but man, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and I guess that's the key. Can they be consistent, especially from a defensive side, because they've shown that they, they still have, they have the talent to be a dominant defense. They showed it. Um, they've shown it in both games. Um, you know, after they get into those holes, they kind of, batch it down and, and stiffen up and, and they don't let, you know, they haven't let UTSA or Texas Tech run away and hide um, when they were up 14. So it's right. just about putting it together and, and figuring out something on offense. And I guess Brandon Campbell and, and Tejon Henry, they're going to be too big. What is? Because if for whatever reason they can't go, um, they're down to Stacy Sneed and it's going to be, it's, they're already struggling to rush the ball. They don't have their lead back. Honestly, Brandon Campbell has easily been the best back for Houston early. It's still early. It's two games in. But if they can't have produce a rushing game that isn't on Clayton Toon's legs, you saw that. They really struggled right. to create offense. And, yeah. um, they did a better job getting the ball to tank, but it can't just be tank. They have to yep. spread the wealth, and that's yep. something that they haven't been able to figure out. Well, before we get you out of here, you got any questions you, you got for us or anything you're curious from inside the stadium or uh, anything like that? Yeah, ru- rushing the field after the game. What, what was that whole atmosphere oh, like? Because I'll, I'll take this one. <laughs> I'm actually good with it. Uh, when I was a student, I got to be here for a lot of good teams and good games, and we rushed the field a lot, rushed the field and basketball a lot too. I think it was good because we haven't had a top 25 win in three years. And 
in-state kind of rivalry starting up and big game and just how the emotions of that game went like oh, yeah and how we wanted should have lost tied it up ended up winning it like the emotions of that win like go for it these students haven't got to f- have that feeling before and neither have these players in this team so i say go for it i'm all for it man yeah, I didn't mind it. I thought the moment kind of called for it. Like, yeah. that's just a crazy game. That's kind of one a once-in-a-lifetime kind of game for some of these players just to, to, like you said, be down, feel like you're out of it, somehow pull it out. Like, so, I don't know. The, everybody was kind of going crazy, so didn't mind the, the, them rushing the field or anything like that. Especially because, like Dustin said, we have we don't have a lot of ranked wins at home to, to hold yeah. over our heads yeah. in the last several years, so. Uh, it's really just a handful of those moments. So I'll take yeah. it when I can get it. <laughs> Important question now for y'all. Did you guys rush the field? No. <laughs> no. Too old for that. <laughs> yeah, too old for that. We did not. Um, so, and that's okay. I got to rush the field a lot when I was a student. I'm okay with that. But I'm glad they got to experience that. Yeah. No, that that's awesome for sure. Especially, yeah, they, they actually kept it on the TV broadcast a while. So you can certainly nice. experience it right. um, from the TV perspective. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's always cool. And that, that that's the best thing about about college athletics, just being able right. to see the investment. And and like you said, all the, the emotion when it comes to to a game that, that was crazy and and we probably seemed like he was drunk at times the way the game played out, like you said, with <sighs> getting into the Dover overtimes. Uh, but absolutely, it, it's awesome. And um, it certainly adds fuel to the rivalry because even then, you know, even uh, I can't remember if it was the official Texas Tech uh, account or if it was the football one or whatever, but props to whoever oversees the social media department that, that <laughs> posted the crushed Red Bull <laughs> and right. said, welcome to the Big 12. That 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 was a good tweet. Yeah. That, was, that was pretty good. But. Been, there's been some good shade, shade kind of thrown for both sides. I think it's definitely one of those things that they're kind of leaning into this future, you know, Big 12 relationship and, and the history that we have with our schools. So uh, it's not like this new relationship or anything. We have history with each other and we played each other a lot. So I like that we're kind of leaning into this. And like y'all kind of talked about, we already kind of view this as one of those budding rivalries. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the social media aspect of it all. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be much more interesting because the next time these two uh, teams do face, it'll be a conference yeah. game. So that's gonna be that's gonna be another added layer to it. Yep, yep, that'll be a new dimension Can't to this that. whole series. So, um, but yeah, that we've enjoyed getting to chat with you the last couple of weeks. If y'all missed it, we hopped on with them to preview the game uh, with Pod Slam and Jam on theirs. They got a the whole interview on YouTube up on their channel, so you can go catch yeah. that if you want to. Um, they're doing a lot of work there. So Andy, I'll give you a chance to shout out everything y'all are doing, uh, real yeah. quick and we'll get you out of here. I appreciate it. So yeah, for sure. Our podcast, that's P A W D S L A M A J A M A, which I have mastered. Um, we just go. launched yeah. a new YouTube channel. So we, we kind of, uh, had to bud from the way we had it, but now we have our own YouTube channel, which I won't spell it out again, but it's Pod Slam and Jam on YouTube, obviously, of course, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well for the audio only versions and something else I'll plug in as well for anyone that's kind of um, at least would be interesting in the University of Houston perspective. But we also have the Let's Rage Cougs, which now officially yeah. owns Pod Slam and Jamma. We do honestly kind of like an instant um, post game show that 
streams on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. And honestly, we give a, a forum to, to Houston fans to be able to kind of like what you see on radio shows where people can, yeah. they actually can hop in if they choose and, and speak oh. their mind and just talk about it and comment about it, which after this game, there wasn't a lot of people that wanted to talk, which I found it interesting. I expected yeah. them to be more vocal after a loss right. like that, but they, they weren't. But I guess they, they just needed time to cool off because it actually ended up getting more views than the UTSA one uh in total overall so i don't know an interesting dynamic but check that out on the houston round bar review youtube channel it streams the day after on pod the jam as well on the spotify and apple platform so um it's been a it's been a privilege to be able to like you said we kind of did the home and home where we joined you guys in the yeah. in the summer um just to talk overall obviously of course like you said uh it houston's going to be joining the big 12 and july of 2023 so they will probably be doing this much more often down the road yeah, so if you're looking for some Houston friends over there to follow along with and see what they're up to, go give these guys a follow. They're on Twitter, and like you said, they're Apple and Spotify, so give them a listen. And once again, Andy, appreciate you taking the time out of your night to join us. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. All right, well, enjoyed getting to talk to Andy and Pod Slamma Jamma, uh, kind of get their perspective of what was a pretty, like he said, drunk game at the end there so uh, appreciate him taking the time out of his night to hop on with us and recap that game so now let's get into our awards portion of our recap dustin uh, kick it over to you and let's let's hear your offensive play of the game and if you just want to go ahead and give us your defensive play of the game as well we'll, we'll do it that way all right um i had a couple offensive plays of the games but i think the one i'm going to go with is the fourth quarter Barely get the ball back down three. Donovan Smith breaks open for a 27-yard run down the Houston sideline to really set up that game-tying drive because that was a huge chunk of play to get us to, like, midfield and to save us time because it was a quick little play, and he got out of bounds, bumped to the trainer, whoever, whatever that was all about, kept his cool and nailed a couple more passes to get us in there. Like, that was a huge, huge play for us, and – you know, yeah. didn't cost us anything, to be honest. And so that was – I'll go with that as my offensive play of the game. I know we got some uh, overtime yeah, ones that were pretty exciting. <laughs> so I'll let you take one of those or two of those. But uh, my defensive play of the game was in the first half, it was – we got them – they were on about the 36-yard line or so going in. And fourth down, they go for it on fourth and three. And we get a huge stop. First it was third and five. Then it's fourth and three, and we get two huge stops there to get them yep. to turn it over. Um, after a missed field goal by us, I know that was it. And then we had a missed field goal later that led to a touchdown. And so, like, that was a huge, crazy stop when they're in close to scoring position and our defense showed up for two plays like they did a lot of the game. So that was a huge little swing to keep them kind of pinned down on offense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, my offensive play, I'll go the Donovan Smith to Jared, Jaron Bradley, yeah, uh, that fourth down and 20 to keep the game alive. Woo. Because, I mean, you could go with the cliche Donovan Smith game winner, but you don't have the Donovan nah. Smith game winner without that fourth down conversion. Nope, and neither of those know, two to be honest, plays. Yeah, to be honest, in the crowd, I thought I was like, this is over. There's no chance we're going to watch whatever crap play we run here and get yeah. out of the sta- stadium with screen. the loss. Yeah. <laughs> But somehow, you know, like uh, Andy said on their podcast, just a defensive breakdown. They were trying to prevent a Hail Mary and forgot to cover the middle of the field. And 
are able to get it get it to Bradley, who's able to get the first down. You score and you end up winning the game, and you can't do it without that play. On defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with the Malik Dunlap pass breakup on that third down in the double overtime that forced them to kick the field goal, uh, which gave you the opportunity to walk off the game. So that was just a, a pass that Toon tried to thread the needle with, but Malik Dunlap had his second pass breakup of the game there. Uh, this was the biggest one, of course. Uh, and then you go on to win the game from there. So that's where I'm going on my defensive play of the game. Also, some other opportunities. Reggie Pearson had a pick. Um, yeah. And then we had the forced fumble that was recovered by Rabbit. So uh, now on to our uh, Club Red VIPs. We got the dubs. So Club Red's open. So who yeah. is your – we'll start on the defensive side of the ball today. Sure. Uh, who's your defensive Club Red VIP? I got a couple here, so I'll let you go first if you don't have a couple. I I tried to cover a few. I'm going to go Reggie Pearson. Okay, uh, for he was me. one of them. Uh, he got the first pick of the season. But in my rewatch of the game, there was a lot of plays that he was just causing havoc on, whether it was coming in and cleaning up or making a tackle or getting in there, slowing down the runner, yeah. uh, getting some pressure on, on tune to throw him off his game. So I thought he only had like two tackles. He had the pick, but you really felt his presence a lot. For uh, sure. He was – uh, very disruptive and of course you know we're a part of getting two huge takeover uh turnovers so uh, i'll give mine to reggie pearson yeah reggie was on my list my other one was you know i kind of wanted to pick the whole linebacker group in general just because they helped contain that run game but also helped contain clayton toon in their like kind of spy game and not letting him run um but like if i want to pick a linebacker specifically it's got to be sean merriweather led the team in tackles was our main guy in that run defense and the Clayton Toon defense and got the turnover against yeah. uh, TZ with that, that hit. So huge game from him being another like big time one. leader on the defense. I like that pick too. Uh, yeah, I had about a handful of guys in there. So, um, but yeah. Uh, now to the offensive side of the ball, who is your offensive club red VIP selection for this game? I gotta give this one to Nehemiah Martinez. Okay, Nehemiah I had him had in that. case you you went the other route. <laughs> All right, but no, I just really liked his his big drive, especially, and he was he ended up with five catches, a lot of yards there. Oh, there goes Jerry Judy in for a touchdown. I like that. <laughs> Sorry, watching Monday Night Football while we do this, guys. Um, but yeah, Nehemiah had that two that drive where he got an eleven yard touchdown, and then a pinball off three dudes for a forty three yard touchdown. He didn't really do too much last week in that very first game, so it's nice to see him really get involved. He played a lot of snaps from what yeah. I remember, um, him just being on the field a lot. So good for him. Another another uh, 806 guy, Lubbock guy, getting some good games out of there. Yeah, he also had a really nice return. That was one of the ones that got called back. But, yeah, he, his presence was felt throughout the game. So I had him on here in case he went the other route. My route's going nice. to be the Big 12 offensive player of the sure. week in Donovan Smith. Uh, you kind of feel like you have to recognize what he did. He did have three picks, but he kept you in the game. He made plays when he needed to, gets the walk-off touchdown for you, has 351 yards passing, two touchdowns, 28 yards rushing, and a touchdown there. So uh, some big numbers from him. And and the offense was really moving the ball all day long. It just sometimes got stalled because offensive line problems, the guy we talked about 
plenty of times. Derek, uh, what's his face? Derek Parrish from Houston was causing Parrish. havoc. So the last time we're um, going to mention him forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I thought he did a, a pretty good job, um, uh, getting, keeping us in the game and making the big plays when you needed them yep. uh, to happen. So got to shout him out here. Uh, so any other things you want to touch on before we wrap up this Houston preview or recap? Uh, that's a lot of recap. I think we're good on Houston. Yeah, I think we've covered it all. Uh, enjoyed being at the game. So last little bit here, we were out tailgate crashing again for week two. Oh, uh, we had a really good time doing that. Do you have anything that you kind of want to touch base on uh, from our experience there Saturday? Yeah, tailgate crashing was a lot of fun this last Saturday. We were just north of the baseball park, baseball stadium, and the uh, Rawls building kind of across the street there. It's a good strip of tailgates, Matador Mafia. Matador Mafia, a great Mafia, setup yeah. from a former Red Raider player for Spike Dykes. Uh, Chris, I believe. Yes, Chris, yeah. Yes, Chris and Chris running that one. Then we went on down to Paint Doctor, I think. Mm-hmm. There's some people that ran that and got some good interviews there. And then ran into another guy, Kirk, I believe, who's been running his since like 1995 on that corner there. A couple of our producers and video guys weren't even born yet by then. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Thanks for them for having us. And of course, stopped by Greg's tailgate and had some jalapeno poppers get us started. Always good to talk to him. Yeah, I had a lot of fun Saturday doing this. We ran into a lot of the kind of tailgates that we're we're looking for when we originally started this. Just people who've been out here tailgating for a long time. The Matador Mafia, he said he started, it was like eight people, and now it's this whole group. They followed us on Instagram today. They have their own Instagram channel uh, page. Uh, And so that was really cool. And they're just really friendly. They all embody what we, the Texas Tech tailgating and the Texas Tech kind of community of just that friendliness and open welcomed us with open arms and here try this here try that here's a beer and so that's just what we love about texas tech and what we love about our fan base and so they're definitely the kind of people we were looking forward so uh really happy to meet big, them. Uh, f- big food recap for y'all a lot of fajitas and burgers and hot dogs this last game a bunch of people saying brisket is on for texas next week yeah so be prepared for the brisket now game time it's a it's a 2 30 yeah, We'll have some time to tailgate. So if you want your tailgate to be crashed for the Texas game, you got to reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to us on social media. You can reach out to our email. That's tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. But that'll do it for our Houston recap. Uh, make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify to catch this episode and our North Carolina State preview episode. That'll be dropped later on this week. Uh, Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate, and leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. Follow those social media accounts. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, You can DM us with your tailgate information on there, and we'll respond to you. Also, follow that YouTube channel. We'll be dropping the interview with Andy and Pod Slamma Jam on there, as well as some other clips. And you know, later on this week, our uh, video recap of our tailgate crashing. So make sure you're following us there. Um, but uh, we hope you enjoyed that recap episode. We hope you enjoyed that dub on Saturday, even though it's stressful at times. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.